And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a final week edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Warriors lose in Denver on Sunday night, um, which creates, you know, what I guess I just labeled on, on our headline as a traffic jam uh, in the uh, fifth through eighth slots in the West. At this point, the Warriors could drop lower than that, but it seems unlikely, especially with how about Minnesota's loss? That was uh, killer. By the way, killer. Oh, killer. Tough. <laughs> that was bad. Um, but anyway, to Mighty so, Portland. Mighty Portland on the road in Minnesota. Not even, not even trying to win. Um, to me, like this final week will decide where between five and eight the Warriors are. They had a chance coming into tonight and go up 15 in Denver uh, to sit in the driver's seat for five. And I know that five probably is coming with playing Phoenix. So there is a needle to be threaded if you really want to be six and face the Kings. But you don't want to be seven or eight, obviously. And this tonight brought them back to the pack. They are now tied. Four teams are tied with 38 losses. Um, they have 38, the Clippers have 38, the Lakers have 38, and the Pelicans have 38. And if you, there's various tiebreaker scenarios, but generally what you have to know is the, the Warriors are on the bad side of a lot of these tiebreakers. Um, so that is, I guess, the situation heading into the final week where their schedule, I think, is light. But yeah, we'll they're on the it. good side of the schedule wise. That's yep. on the good side schedule. Yep. Because some yep. of these schedules are, are like New Orleans' schedule is brutal. I mean, they yep. got over one last night, but. The Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers look pretty good. Lakers are sitting yeah. pretty, pretty right now. You want? I think, I'll, I'll, I'll read out the schedules right now. And and the the Clippers and Warriors only have three games left. They're a game. They they have an extra win here. But so the Warriors and the Warriors finish with Oklahoma City at home, a Thunder team that's been struggling lately, and then at Sacramento. And Sacramento may have motivation to try to. Help the Warriors. We'll see. And then at Portland, a team you would think you would beat, although they just won in Minnesota. Um, I'd say the Warriors will be favored in two of those games, and then it's kind of we'll see with the Kings. Pick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty-three wins. Yeah, the yeah the Clippers have Lakers at home, big game. Portland at home, and then at Phoenix on the last day of the regular season, where Phoenix will be kind of, uh, I would assume, able to decide their matchup, maybe dictate their matchup with that game. So who who knows what the motives will be there. Um, the or, Lakers or have court, right? Yeah. It, yeah. it depends what the Clippers where the Clippers are. Yeah. Or the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well Lakers hard for the Lakers to get the Suns. So 
Well, the uh, Lakers played the Suns too. Get to five, yeah. yeah, they get the. I'm saying they can't get home court on the Suns, but yeah, yeah. it could. It's just going to be tough for the Lakers Suns control. To... What's crazy? Lakers control their own destiny. If Lakers win their final four and they're playing very well, they won three in a row. They are the five seed. Which, how about that? Yep. Um, yep. But anyway, their but, final four is at Utah, at Clippers, home against the Suns, home against the Jazz, and quickly the Pelicans final four at home against the Kings, at home against the Grizzlies, at home against the Knicks, at Minnesota. So uh, I don't know. What, you guys go with it wherever you are, but that's the situation. Well, Warriors got to at least go two and one. Have to. I mean, have to. Uh, and three and oh might be what they needed. It's, it is this weird spot where they don't want five, right? I mean, uh, I. You, you got to win out to try to get to make sure you're out. You're not seven, but I don't. You don't want five to start off first round against Kevin Durant and Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and you don't have home court. It's this weird spot they're in. I think tonight would have been, you know, a huge. They might have been able to play with that a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. Pocketing a win in Denver, but now they can. They just got to. They got to win, and I think they got to go two and one. Just because some of these teams are playing each other, especially Clippers and Lakers, uh, coming up. You know, they're going to be some, not every team is going to win out. So I think two and one gets them at least seven and with a shot, if this was some tiebreaker luck, maybe to get six, they go three and oh, I think they're going to get six. I think that's where they have to look at it. Yeah. I think two and one, they get six. I feel like 43 wins get you six. Uh, it should have. I mean, you know, you got the Lakers and Pelicans. I mean, that's the Lakers and Pelicans are hot right now. Pelicans have to win out yep. to get to 43. Yeah. And- I I don't know. I mean, that schedule's pretty tough. Uh, Minnesota's out. I mean, now it's like them, Clippers, Lakers. If you just presume New Orleans will lose the game before the end of the season, yep. now it's it's basically them, and Clippers, if, and Lakers, and they play each other. And, and because of that, I think there's no way for the Warriors to have the tiebreaker on the Pelicans, right, Slater? Because in a tie, the Pelicans would have a better conference record, and they're they tied the season series. Is that correct? Yeah, the season series yeah. is 2-2. Yeah, I think there's no way for the Pelicans to lose a tiebreaker advantage to the Warriors simply because the way it works for them to win as many games as the Warriors, they would have a better conference record. I believe that's the way I'm looking at By this. By the way, not to not to wrap, wrap us into a load management conversation, but the Warriors gave the Pelicans two games early in the season. They played yep. back-to-back on the backside of a road trip in New Orleans the first month, and they rested all their players both times. Yeah, those are the Pelicans' two wins in the head-to-head series. Yep. Let's face it, the Warriors probably lose those games anyway, but I I know what you're saying. Um, It's just uh, they got to win. They can't can't mess around. They can't be trying trying to land six. They they just got to try to win as many games as possible. And that sack game, you know, they they would love – we've talked about this before. They would love for the the Kings not to care about that game. But the Kings got a chance to mess around with the Warriors, even if it doesn't mean much. What they've got – they're four up – Three up on the Suns, so like they're pretty comfortable. Yeah, right? no, they're they're actually five yeah. up. No, yeah, no, so, they lost today. No, so, yeah, yeah, four up, four, four up. up. Okay, you know they're not in jeopardy of losing that spot. They could just rest everybody, but knowing the Kings, they got a chance to send the Warriors to the eight seed. <laughs> you know, I, I I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't go a little hard for that. And you know, we know they're tough on. But the, if the one. if the Warriors beat the Thunder, and even if they lose to the Kings, and they it comes down to the final game. Like, what other team gets to 43 wins? Yep. Well, so the Clippers and the Lakers, one of the two is going to beat each other. You know what I mean? They're playing each other. Yeah, so yeah, so the Clippers got Lakers, only Portland, Suns. They could easily yeah. go one and two in that mix. Like, they easily. could, but yeah. could is different than, like, will, I guess. 
Yeah, I, I just think it's much, it's just because they got that win. You know, the Clippers at forty one, Warriors at forty one. I think they want to see the Lakers lose, so the Warriors can try to stay at six. I, when they want the Clippers to be a five, the Warriors to be a six. They want to see the Clippers beat the Lakers. They want to have anybody beat the Lakers, so the Warriors can stay ahead of them. Uh, and same thing with the Pelicans. They just want to stay ahead of those two teams. And whether or not that means they jump over the Clippers, it doesn't matter in my mind. In fact, they don't want to jump over the Clippers. They want to stay right at six. And those teams do play each other. The Suns do have a reason to win at this point because the Clippers are right behind them, um, at least for a little while. Uh, I think the Warriors are pretty good schedule shape. You know, I think when MT was saying, I mean, they could, they could lose it. And they could not look great. They didn't look great tonight. I mean, maybe we'll put, talk a little bit about tonight, but there are okay schedule shape, especially if you if they're going to write down that Portland game as a win, which they better. If they can't beat Portland, uh, like another team that couldn't beat them, then you're going to mess with your standings. It's just the tonight, way it is. Tonight was their buffer, though. Tonight, if you get that win, you really kind of control the situation. Yep. yep. You can go. And, you can go one and two and feel a little bit better about it. But yeah, and you can also go into potentially going to the last game of the regular season, knowing, hey, is it better to get a loss? Is it better to get a win? Now it just seems like they're going to have to just you know try to win win out. Yes, essentially. I agree. So I agree. This was it. This was the one. They got the break of Jokic not playing. But we all knew, like, even without Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray were going to be tough on the Warriors. And I'll just say, let's look at the big picture. Any team with two scorers is going to be tough on the Warriors just because they just don't have that person. As long as Andrew Wiggins is out, and I think we all assume he's going to be out for a while longer, it's going to be tough for them. They just don't have the personnel that can just go swing guys in and guard them and still score. You know, they GP2 looked a little bit off tonight, and he certainly wasn't going to score. Kaminga was not scoring great unless it was just a dunk. You know, they have these issues with their offense, defense kind of, you know, units. And they have to play Curry, Clay, and Poole and they're, to get offense going. And, they're, you know, they're tough matchups for them defensively. And you, think, you know, the Suns obviously will be really tough. I, you know, the Lakers right now, Austin, Austin, <laughs> I mean, there's some tough, there's some tough player. I don't know. It's it just, I, I looked at tonight as a little bit of a, playoff preview and they had some difficulties matching up with, with even a Jokic less nuggets. The Lakers are playing better than the four, any of the other four teams we've mentioned. Yep. And you know, Pelicans and Warriors, you could make an argument. Warriors just beat the Pelicans. So maybe they win that argument. Clippers don't have Paul George, probably wouldn't even have Paul George in a first round. And like, I think they're in the biggest spiral, but the Lakers to me have become the biggest danger. Are you calling the Lakers to five, Warriors six, Clippers seven? Is that the Slater call right now? Or Clippers eight behind the Pelicans? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking yeah, the Lakers think. went out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Lakers went out there five. Yep. They're, that's what that I think. Mean. Lakers, Warriors, Clippers. Wow. What yeah, a- I just was thinking that as you guys were saying that. And Suns, Lakers, first round series. Woo, man. But, you good. know, there's a chance the last day of the regular season, if the Lakers, you know, have one out to that point, they – and they know, hey, a loss puts them in six. They could um, choose the Kings. They could choose the Kings. So could the, could the Warriors what's... at the same time say, you know what, we'll bail on, we'll bail on that too? Yeah, but the uh, the Warriors I mean, have a real tough time right? in yeah. that tank off that will be. Uh, that depends know, on the <laughs> Yep. It's, yeah, they, it's at the... that point, the Lakers will be at forty three, going for forty four. Let's see. The, the Lakers are probably be going, Lakers going right. Lakers are at Utah Tuesday. Yeah, so at the Clippers, but that's obviously the yeah, same at Clippers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So those two games, if they win those two, 
they might be the five. They might get to five. Let's see what happens. Well, they got Phoenix after that at home. Yeah. Well, let's see. And the the Warriors would have OKC. I think those three games are going to really dictate how everybody can look at this. Uh, And if the Lakers keep going, you know, hey, you know, we're talking about Lakers. They've struggled. They've had some moments where they were having very good. So I'm not sure they're going to win both those games. If they win both those games, they might be the five. And then the Lakers have won six. I'm not writing off the four. They're not. I mean, listen, look, look, look. They Phoenix, can't get to the floor. Phoenix got San Antonio, Denver, Lakers, Clippers. Show me two guaranteed wins in there. San Antonio, San Antonio Denver, the only... Lakers, Clippers. <clears throat> like, and the Lakers one is at L.A. We would have ninety one. We'd have to look up with the tiebreaker. They're not gonna get fewer wins than the Lakers. They might tie with the Lakers, and maybe that last game is ends up as a tiebreaker. I don't want to look up all these tiebreakers, but uh, they're not getting the four. I'm gonna say it right now, Lakers, Lakers get the five. And they're not getting the four. There's a Kevin Durant issue here with the Phoenix Suns. I don't. I, I see them winning at least two more games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they easily beat the Thunder today. Also, they're two and one so far against the Lakers this year. Um, okay, so we got tiebreaker. Okay. Well, at least they would at least tie if they even if they lose the Lakers. Okay, okay let's. I, I, that's, I like that though. Lakers are five. Lake four, five. Suns, Lakers. Jeez. So they could play the last game of the season and then play again in the first round. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, four, five. Warriors, Suns is quite intriguing. You know? oh, yes, <laughs> we know that one. We know that one. Uh, we know about how big. That you know one. what I think is interesting? How about Lakers, Kings, six three with like that old, you know, mm-hmm. early two thousands vibe <laughs> yeah. to it. Some cowboy. Bells just rattling in the golden We get some special referees for that one, and then oh no, uh, Brad Miller. Like no just matter what, the court during the game. No matter uh, what, okay. the top four seeds got will have their hands full in the first round. Like it's yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be brutal. Uh, I mean, even Memphis Clippers could end up being. I'm Clippers could end up being, you know, the two seven, or even if it's the Pelicans, like. You know. Or how about Memphis Warriors two seven? Yep, could yep. be. Yeah. Well, you got you got those the, the Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, Pelicans. Those are four lively teams, and they're all going to be on the you know on the road likely in the first round. And I don't think any of us is going to say any of them could is an automatic L. In fact, I think there's going to be some favorites in that group. Um, to, to win and to get through the first round, at least one of them, because whoever plays the Kings, your poor Kings Slater, they're just getting maligned by everybody. Well, but, you know, they didn't help themselves today losing to the Spurs at home. Yes, so. yes, exactly. Like there's a reason why that there's teams are circling them and that's fine. They could use it as motivation, but there's a reason and it's, you know, they don't play great defense and it's their first time and we'll see. And whoever, if it's the Warriors or Lakers or Clippers as a six, they're all going to be favorite of the Kings, and I would I would agree with all being favorite over the Kings, and it'd be fun to watch. You know, whoever one of those three is, it's going to be California. Whoever one of those California teams is going to be a great California classic, a true California classic. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what's actually going on in the court with the Warriors, which you know um, there was good moments tonight. I thought they looked sharp in the first half. Um, then I don't know. They just they lost it a little bit. I mean that's that's not really a very good team to lose to. You know, without Jokic, uh, I, you know, they obviously have talent beyond that. But what did you guys think overall? I mean, what was kind of – what is your takeaway of, of how they look right now? I mean, I, I didn't think they looked terrible. I thought Denver had a really good game plan. Uh, 
I feel like that's one of them games. And I mean, I, I just look at it all from a playoff perspective. I didn't expect them to win at Denver. <laughs> it's one of the toughest places to win. I think Denver is like 32 and seven or something like that. Uh, so, but from a, from a matchup perspective, I mean, that that's a game plan they need to see. I mean, Denver was like pressing on the perimeter, taking away threes. And when Steph drove, they were just like, we, we're selling out, collapsing everything. Have you ever seen Steph get uh, his he, shot blocked as much as – I mean, no, because I think he kept driving. Normally, he blocked it once or twice, then he stopped going in. Yeah. But he kept driving. So I, I thought it was good for them to see that. And, you know, they, they, they rallied at the end, but – I mean, like you can't make eight threes. Like I don't care who they play, they make eight threes. They're done. That's that's the her offense. So, like it, they had the, the second and third quarters were terrible. To me, that's just kind of Warriors basketball at this point, though. <laughs> they're gonna have some bad quarters on the road. Yeah, yeah. So, they were going to roll. They're gonna do something to make everybody uh, have a chance to win. At, you know, so that that was only a matter of time. But I, I felt like the way they closed, uh, how they had to figure out how to deal with Denver's like approach and attack. And you saw it like, you know, uh, they had, you, they had to do something to deal with MPJ. They had to have a game plan for uh, Jamal Murray. Like some of that stuff is like, all right, you get into playoff mode. Uh, obviously it'd be better if Clay makes that shot for them and they win it. But to me, if it comes down to that on the road, that's a pretty good day for the Warriors. Yeah. But when they went a bad effort, I thought Steph looked a little winded. He came out early in the third quarter you know, he wasn't really running back in transition too much. Not many guys were, not just him. I, I think the altitude was something about it. Uh, I don't know if Kerr is talking about that right now or not, but uh, I think they did. They were a little bit ragged in transition, D, that, that happens on the road. It's another thing. Like, if you play the Warriors, if you top block the Warriors and they have to drive, that leaves them incredibly vulnerable to the fast break, right? Because their guards are all underneath the rim. Like, how many times do you see Jordan Poole you know, underneath the rim, complaining about a foul, Steph, shot block, he's standing underneath the rim, and the other team's going the other way, and it doesn't have to be a dunk. It's like somebody's – Michael Porter's just walking into a three in transition. I think that that might play. You know, we're all trying to figure out why their three-point defense is so bad on the road. It's, I think it's transition. It's, you, you, you don't let them shoot the threes. You make them dribble into it, and then they kind of force a pass or they force a shot inside ball bounces out and the guards are stuck underneath the rim and then off the the other team goes and this was kind of classic a classic example of that and the fact that the Warriors almost stole this that's like a Dante DiVincenzo theft like he almost stole that game all by himself which was pretty interesting to see I questioned some of the things that Denver was doing and I wonder how they're going to be in the playoffs or like under pressure I you know they've got the seven footer to kind of release some of the pressure, but man, those guards did not look great uh, dribbling the ball and kind of handling this at the end of the game. One game, they're great at home. I thought it was an okay Warriors performance, but I think that transition defense, that guards having to get into the lane because they just don't have forwards now who do that, except for Kaminga and he's spotty. Until they have Wiggins, they just don't have guys who can go grab the ball in the mid area and get to the rim this is going to be an issue because their guards have an incredible amount of stress on them offensively. They just do. They always do with the Warriors. They really do now because they just don't have forwards who can score. So, you know, they've, they've been playing pretty good lately. I think they were entered this game four games above 500, which is like the high watermark. <laughs> yeah, you said they couldn't get there, Slater. He said there was going to be 41 of hey. 40. 
Still couldn't You're go right. 41 to 41, though. <laughs> tonight, you know, they, they, they left it on the table tonight. Um, I think P- Jordan Poole's play lately is one of the real positives of this late season. He seems to have somewhat rediscovered his late season groove from last year. He wasn't incredible tonight. He only played 20 minutes, uh, 17 hit, points off the bench. I was surprised he only played 20 minutes. Yeah, Dante closed. Yeah, Dante closed too. Uh, and I think, could you see that one time where he kind of drifted in transition in the, in the first half and Michael Porter stepped into a three and somebody was yelling at him going into timeout because he was looking over the bench like real and didn't want to go to over the bench. Yeah. Like he came right out. Kind of was the time for him to come out of stuff with had been arrested, but then he doesn't close. He gets a technical and he, and he doesn't play the rest of the half. And Dante obviously played very well. No, you're right. I mean, he's got a role. Go score. Go get. Go create. Somebody needs to do it. And you know, when he, when he's playing with Steph or playing by himself, go do it. And he's done that. I give him credit for that. But man, he kind of you know amplifies some of their weaknesses on the road. I think when they're not getting back in position, it's not just him. But it's many times it's him, and it just kind of explodes on them sometimes when pulls out there. Again, not just his fault, but when you look at some of these road things and when Kerr calls timeout and pulls him, it kind of underlines what's, what sometimes happens out there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Yeah, Marcus, um, you generally, I assume, like how Poole has played the last seven games, um, and... It's going to be needed in the playoffs. I mean, he was a factor pretty much the whole postseason last year. Yeah, his ability to create a two and get downhill is, like, pivotal. And I do like the the last few games they've been using him as a guy who fights over screens, like putting him out higher, fight over screens. Uh, Bruce Brown was just, you know, going right at him, you know, smart, you know, smart enough to just go right at him. But – if you got a guy just looking for threes, like I, I, I felt like they probably should have put him on MPJ because he could get a longer contest. Like that dude was sixteen. I mean, pool ain't gonna affect the shot, but 
It's definitely better than Curry. Yeah, <laughs> or GP, GP2 that. couldn't get to it. Yeah, GP2 yeah you, can't get, you can't get to that shot. I, I do like how they find some roles for him, like something for him to do. But, yeah, to me, as long as he is not settling. Tonight he was 0 for 3 from 3 and 7 for 10 from 2. Like, like that's that's incredible balance, and that's him saying, I'm getting to the cut. If long, as long as he's playing like that, they just don't have it. So it just becomes valuable and he gets to the line. He, he's got to, like, deal with the composure issue, though. Cause like, yes. Got a T tonight. Fouls. Yeah. He, but it, it, the T is, like, I think the T is fine. It's the, like TK said, it's not getting back. It's now it's 5 on 4. There was one play. I don't know if it was him or Clay or Steph, but, I mean, Jamal Murray walks up and takes a wide open three, misses it. The ball like slowly bounces back to him. He walks in, gets it, and then steps back before Looney runs out to cover him. I mean, it was like seventeen seconds. It felt like yeah, it was Jamal that, that was, Murray. That was. <laughs> and then he, that, then he yeah, throws was, a pass like to open Aaron Gordon for a dunk underneath the basket. It's like, like nobody just decided like we're not guarding Jamal Murray, and and I do feel like that like his desire to get a foul burns them on that when he just doesn't like hustle back and at least put some pressure. But then yeah. they got GP2, so you like that, where you, where you can say, hey, he ain't doing it tonight. GP2, Dante, Kaminga, come put some pressure on the ball. I think that's how they got back in the game. It's just saying, hey, we're going to put pressure on the ball. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So their last three losses, um, Steph Curry goes 5 of 15 in Memphis shooting in a loss. He goes 8 of 23 in that home loss to Minnesota, which I think was kind of an under covered part of that late meltdown they had. Like he had a bad game. He shot eight of twenty-three. Um and tonight he was eight of twenty-eight shooting. That is a very rare Steph Curry shooting line. Two of fourteen from three. Two of fourteen. Two of fourteen. Whew. He goes eight of twenty-eight on the night. Clay also goes nine of twenty-eight. I mean, you know, look, they win the game if Steph has a normal shooting night. They win a game if Clay hits that over I don't three. see any like <laughs> hits that three. That was a beautiful he was he, yeah, he, was a great he thought it was good. Yeah, really, he yeah, thought it was yeah, yeah, you, I think Bruce Brown fired him up. Remember when he had that offensive foul where he, where he shouldered Jamal Murray, and then Bruce Brown came over. It was like after the whistle and blocked the shot. He said something to him because mm-hmm. they were going at it, and then Clay kind of got going, but just back rimmed that three to win it. Uh, but you know, I don't know. Are you are you guys seeing anything with Steph? I mean, he's had some you know kind of uncharacteristic shooting nights at various times, but I don't I don't see a fatigued player. I mean, he's got plenty of rest during his rehab this you know last couple months. Yeah, I thought he looked a little slow. I think he, I looked a little slow tonight. Again, it's that weird. They were blocking him from the three, and they were blocking him at the rim, so it, it had to be that middle thing, and he didn't quite have that floater. That first floater just missed. Um, and, he, again, I, he did not get back on D. You know, Marcus, the time when you were talking about Jamal, that was Steph not getting back. That's what that was. He just didn't get back. And he went and guarded somebody else, and Jamal Murray was wide, wide open. Uh, it happens, you know, it happens to everybody, but I thought maybe the altitude, maybe it's a long season. I, I'm not sure, uh, but maybe the legs weren't all the way there. I mean, he was doing other stuff. I'm not saying he wasn't, but it just seemed like that some of it was a little trickier for him in this game. And, and he's running a few of those. It happens, you know, and then it'll go, you know, 13 for, you know, 17 or something. It'll just go crazy. Um, but. I, I thought there was he didn't have a real burst event. In a, it didn't seem an energized game, mostly kind of in the transition. And 
you know, you give a lot of points that way. You know, how many times do we say is it like three, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, you were up one, you're down eight. Uh, Clay wasn't great defensively. You know, they just have these issues where, you know, they're really going to need those two guys to play some defense, and they have played defense, and they played defense in the playoffs. But uh, we can pick certain games where they're just it's just not happening for those two, and, and they are at risk because they've got to play, and they, and they don't have that great small forward to go guard everybody for them. They just don't have that this year. And, um, you know, they really would like GP2 or Kaminga to really be that guy or share that. And, and it's tough because, they, you know, neither one of them is a really reliable scorer. And then they can get, you know, then they have issues like tonight where they can't score for, for several minutes. Uh, we probably shift from there, I guess, into an Andrew Wiggins conversation. Um, you know, there's – the, the regular season ends next Sunday, a week from today. Um, I know we all know over the last couple of weeks, there's been maybe a, a small growing level of optimism that, that Andrew Wiggins would reappear at some point. Um, and, you know, that has that has been there for a couple of weeks. They've kind of used the word hope. I feel like we can say optimism, however you want to term it, um, you know, even into last week. But look, as of Sunday, he still had not reported back to the team. Uh, and, you know, they're going home. They I don't think they'll practice Monday. I'm not sure yet. Um, they play Tuesday at home, home finale. Then they have Wednesday and Thursday off and then play in Sacramento Friday. They'll probably get one good practice in at some point, uh, you know, in that range. Uh, and then if they do avoid the play-in, which is a big if, you get that full week of practice ahead of the playoffs. I still at this point do not know if Andrew Wiggins will show up. Uh, I'm not sure they know for sure because, look, at this point he still hasn't uh, in this entire thing, whatever we want to call it, which, what is it, at day 50 now or something? I mean, he's missed the entire post-All-Star break. Uh, it's been shrouded in uh, privacy, we'll, we'll say, but not only, not even just, you know, from the public to the team, but even within the team. You know, it's been a private situation from employee to employee. So uh, we'll, we'll see if we see him. I, I think all three of us get a sense it's, it, it still remains possible, but it is not a sure thing. Um, so we'll see. That's that obviously remains the biggest pivot point of the of the final week. Like, does their you know two way small forward show up or not? It feels like at this point they need to just be like he's done for the year. Like he's got to get there now because if he shows up in a week, is he playing? Is he going to play off a few practices during a playing week? So is he starting? Is he coming off the bench? Yeah. Well. There's like, it's just yeah. like he's got to play now. Yeah. And now they have a couple of days. Oh no, one day off. There's two and sides of the 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 glass half full side of that is he historically has been in very good shape. Like he's just kind of one of those people who's naturally you know well conditioned. He says he's told the team that he's been working out uh, you know in his free time um, during this process or at least on the later stages of this process. So they need to get him in the facility to, to look what kind of shape he's in. So that, that might be the more optimistic side. The the pessimistic side, the glass, you know, half empty side would be, we saw him earlier this season off the first long layoff of his career. And it took him a long time uh, to try to rediscover his groove. And he does not have, even if he shows back up this week, which again remains an if he does not have very much time to, to, to rediscover a groove before the games really matter. So, um, that probably is the one thing that keeps me still most pessimistic about their long-term outlook. Yeah, I think there's some amount, the tone is that he's probably not going to be a major factor in the playoffs. You know, this will be as general as, you know, 
if he doesn't come back, obviously he's a no factor. And if he comes back, I don't think it's happening tomorrow or the next day. So if it's, you know, the countdown begins and if it's in the middle of the first round or early the part of the first round or even the week in between, uh, you can't get him up to 100% full go and you kind of need to be to be uh, getting huge minutes, important minutes in, in the playoff round. And can you what can you risk? Maybe he's your seventh man. Maybe he's your eighth man. Maybe, you know, he doesn't replaces the Anthony Lamb minutes or maybe just part of Anthony Lamb minutes. And that's not even knowing when that's going to be. So I just think the general sense is they're going into this essentially presuming, you know, that they don't have them. And if he comes back, it's a bonus. And if he comes back and plays well, it's a triple bonus. But even then, they don't know. I mean, that's when I talked to Kerr last week. He's just like, you know, let's face it. At the time, we've got five games left. You know, it's like, when you know, when is this going to happen? You know, and it hasn't happened even in the week since, you know, six days since I talked to him. It's just... I think they're going to go in the playoffs, presuming they don't have, certainly don't have full full go Andrew Wiggins, and they may not have him at all. They just have to assume that. And if they get him by the second round and they can play him 20 minutes a game, it's a bonus. At this point, I think I would lean towards them not getting 20 minutes at Andrew Wiggins at any point in this playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got what you got, right? You got what you got. And Yeah. And also, you know, as if they need to figure out what, Andrew Wiggins, they just signed him to a four-year extension beyond this. I mean, it, even if he d- does come back a diminished version, a uh, rusty version of himself, he'll at least be in the building and playing basketball again and, and I guess, like, you know, be recommitted to, to the, you know, playing for them again, you know, whatever that means. So I, I don't – like. at whatever point they get him back in the building, that is a very good thing, even if that – I think we all agree – we would be absolutely stunned if the version of Andrew Wiggins we saw in the playoffs last season shows up at all in this playoffs, but still just for, you know, redoing their roster this summer and a clear picture of, of what they are moving forward, seeing him playing basketball again before the summer is kind of important. No question. No question. I mean, but that's it, man. It's important for long-term. It's important just for, you know, locker room to see him again. But yeah, I, I don't think they're going to say, it's important to be for the playoffs because it just isn't going to be what they can plan for. I mean, we're all green, you know, that he is not likely to be somebody who's going to be playing very much in the playoffs I, it, until, you know, until they know otherwise, but they want him around and, and I'm sure he wants to be around and maybe at some point he'll be come back, come back in. But, you know, if it's a short playoff run, maybe not. Right. I mean, who, who knows on how long this is going to go, but it just basketball wise, just looking at this season, if he shows up, you know, when he, it, when and if he shows up, I just think it's going to be mostly, it's great that Andrew's back, great to have him around, great to have him in practice. And then, you know, Anthony Lamb, Gary Payton the second, and John Kaminga got to play minutes. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Anything else uh, for you guys heading into this final week? Yeah, you no, know, I, I just you think guys, that. You guys are pessimistic. They're about to be the. <laughs> The five. You, you saying five? That's what you're saying. Yeah, I thought you said start. you said nah. Lakers. Lakers four Warriors. Five. No, no, Lakers. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, no, yeah, I think they're yeah. getting six, but I think they're gonna. I think I think they go two and one and get six. Yeah, I think that would be a pretty decent. I actually was thinking, like, do they really want to win this game? I mean, obviously, with Lakers and Pelicans on them, they did because you just want to make sure you're not seven or eight. But 
Like you win this, you're looking at five, and I don't think they want to be five. I mean, yeah, sure, they they're not afraid of Phoenix, but if you could possibly avoid playing Phoenix uh, in the first round, you probably should do that. And six is the perfect spot. I mean, and then six you avoid in the second round. Should you get past Sacramento, then you play two. You don't play Denver. Like th- that's a perfect setup for them. Again, you don't want to get too cutesy with you it. You think they'd but... rather Memphis than Denver? Yes, yes, yes. I absolutely think that. Uh, I don't like that for the flights, but I think that would be what they would like. Sack Memphis, their two teams in order to get to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, they would love that, and then have Phoenix and Denver crash into each other in the second round. Oh, they would. That would be the ideal scenario for the Warriors. Again, you can't get too cutesy with it because you got the the Lakers and the Pelicans right behind you, and you don't have the, the tiebreaker. Those are, that's all screwed up with them. But I was wondering, like, you win this, and you're really looking at five, and then do you really want to be five? And uh, they they avoided that by about one and a half inches when Clay shot was just a little bit long. It's a dangerous game. Really? Yep. <laughs> make, or, yep. make or miss league, baby. Make or miss league. Make or miss. Make or miss. Hand, hand down, man down. That's what they want. All right. Well, I'm going to get us out of here. Um, then to what will be an interesting final week for the Warriors. So, uh, Marcus and Tim, thanks for coming. I had eight rebounds. Wow. Yeah, they were battling. He was battling. He was that's how we'll end the podcast. How, how many did you Lambs. No, how was not. Hey, how, how many did Kaminga have, one. by the way? Yes. One. How how he was one. Like seven yeah. offensive rebounds. I believe I saw the stat. He leads the NBA in offensive rebounds. Though. So he's pretty good at it. He's freaking pretty good at it. All All right. We'll talk to you all later this week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.